Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Pet Cemetery. This is the second adaption of the novel of the same name by Stephen King after the original film in 1989. Pet Cemetery is in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched it yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Directed by Kevin Colch and Dennis Widmeyer, Pet Cemetery is a supernatural horror film starring Jason Clarke, Amy Simetz, and John Lithgow. Luke, you have the plot. Lewis Reed, played by Jason Clarke and his wife Rachel, played by Amy Simetz, relocate from Boston to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. When tragedy strikes, Lewis turns to his neighbour Judd Crandall, played by John Lithgow, setting off a perilous chain reaction that unleashes an unspeakable evil with horrific consequences. So you bury a dead thing, it comes back to life. Almost expected, like, thunder or, like, sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> like, we clap a thunder. <laughs> horrific consequences. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. That works too. Yeah, so we get a, this is a new horror movie uh, based on a, say, a Stephen King book. Now, recently we got, well, recently, that's a couple of years ago, we got, I guess, one of the best, I would say, Stephen King adaptations being It. And we do see a sign for Deary, don't we, in this movie? Which might I thought be, was quite nice. Might be part of my trivia, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> also part of the movie. <laughs> so I feel so free to say. But we, I felt that was a nice little nod to It, yeah. even though we're not talking shared universe here, but it was a nice nod. Yeah, little Easter eggs and stuff like that. But I've not read the book, though. Have you read the book? Um, no, the missus has, and she had some thoughts, which I will reiterate, and what she has told me I has, you know, added to my opinion of this uh, movie. Okay, so um, I have seen the original movie so from 89 yep. many times, both that and the sequel with, um, what's his face? There was a sequel? Edward Furlong, wow. yeah. So thoughts on at least that original one anyway, good, bad, average, Always whatever. liked it, always liked it, but my, who I am now, being a family man, this movie was quite difficult for me to watch if okay honest. yeah years ago when i was a teen and used to watch it on dvd always enjoyed it just so like my, kill him kill him all my perspective <laughs> has just changed on it but it's always been a movie that i've liked although watching it this time with the remake i forgot about the wife's sister mm. and that always freaked me out in that original movie but i completely forgot about it I think he's played by a man in the original one. Oh, really? I think so. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so we get many sort of adaptations of, of Stephen King. Some are scary, some are not. Some are just TV movies, so they're pretty rubbish. This one, is it scary? Always no. a good question. I don't, I don't think so. Is, is the intention very, to be scary? Like, it's very challenging. Now, the, the people in my screening, the biggest jumps, which is not the best for a horror movie, no, really. No, It was the, the truck, truck going by. And not not even like the truck when we... Oh, my word. Honestly, the, the scene when the, the daughter gets hit by the truck, absolutely horrific. But earlier on in the movie, when they're first demonstrating how close this house is to the busy road, there's two, two moments where a truck goes by very loudly and the audience jumped. And I think that got the biggest jump. And for a horror movie... They shouldn't be your big scares. They do the thing with the truck horn two or three times. Like, it's... Yeah, like, it, it jump, it's just a loud noise. Of course that's going to make you jump. And that's not that's not an earned... What the family fear. experience... Never would I want to experience it. But as an audience member watching this, I didn't find it scary. No, it, if anything, it, it, it dabbles in sort of... 
thriller. Maybe it's trying to be some sort of like psychological type horror in a way. I mean, you've got some gruesome visuals and... Yeah, but I just... You know, the overall... Like the Conjuring movies, like ghost stories, you know, they give me a bit of a jump. Yeah, yeah. This movie didn't. No, not at all. I'm, I'm there with you. I was like, eh. Let's uh, break down some characters. So we've got uh, Lewis Creed, so Jason Clark. Um, Jason Clark, I think, is a, a fine actor. He's not necessarily doing anything bad in this movie, but damn, his character is boring as shit in I this movie. I feel as though I've been scarred by his performance Terminator? in Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> not his fault. Bad movie. And that, I just Do you remember think, Winchester? Oh, yeah. He was bland as shit yeah, in that was, as well. He was okay oh, in that, but he was bland. He was bland. And ah. he's he's just there making all the wrong choices in this movie. The uh, I think the issue I have with this movie, and um, I can't reserve these thoughts um, at this point, I just don't buy any of the decisions he makes. Um, I just, yeah, I don't buy any of it. Like, nothing. What, what do you mean? Like, I mean, like, the the first... You know, okay. So, him and Judd, they take the cat to the thing. He doesn't know what's going on. It's a bit of a leap. Actually, we're going yeah. to bury it further, and it goes along with it. I did find <laughs> it odd that, oh, okay, so why? Because this is perfectly fine. Because this random guy that you met, like, yesterday told him, let's do it. It's, yeah, like, it, it's strange. There's no sort of established relationship between them, which I found out later that in the book... They become really good close friends beforehand. They try to rush that a little bit. There they're, was they're, they're no established together. I guess what mm. how they shoehorned Judd in with the family was his quick rapport with the daughter. But the movie establishes. I mean, now we're jumping into obviously Judd played by John Lithgow, but the movie establishes him as um, you know a little bit creepy, like this kind of strange old man. It's almost like the forest or the wood. He's communicating with me. I mean, he's turning around, there's whispers. I mean, they do present that as a theme, but the, the movie doesn't do much with It's not that. very clear. It's just it's Judd stating clear. stuff. And then Judd, you know, says things like, um, oh, we did it with my dog. But his dog... And it didn't a... work. So, yeah. you know, I thought it would work with your cat. What? But what, For what reason? But what you can take away from that, he, he's saying that his dog that came back was a mean dog or a bad dog anyway. And he thought with Church it'd be different because, you know, Church is a good cat, so it isn't necessarily going to come back bad. Mm. But at the same time, like, you think, oh, he's up to something. It's, that's it. Like, you like know, he's, making, he's making some sort of with sacrifice. Judd, you mistrust him so much, but then to have um, to have Lewis just kind of go with it and then, you know, con- consistently go back to Judd for assistance, for help, advice, and it's just like, why are you making these decisions? And then when it comes... You know, the only time where you do... You know, when the cat comes back, the cat is clearly completely different. Like, and he's just a push he, Yeah, and the dad, like, he's just brushing it. Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, he's actually... <laughs> it's, after, it's after a few days when he's like, oh, maybe I should do something with the cat. He still doesn't kill it. Like, but I mean, if... And I'm not all for, I'm not for killing pets and all this kind of stuff, but I mean, if you had that cat with that presence and that sort of behaviour... The scratching of like your daughter and you know just jumping out like it was clearly messed up for some reason. You know, the, it was messed up. You so would daughter, you would take care. Yeah. You would take care of that cat. You would get rid of it. The daughter Ellie Creed, played by hey, Jet Lawrence. Oh my God. I have a six going on seven year old daughter. Mm. I'm not comfortable with Ellie just being out and about talking to strange men in the woods. Yeah, 
Where's the parenting? <laughs> the, the whole I mean, the mum rocks up, but... but eventually, well, the whole reason why they moved from Boston to Maine in the first place is so they can be more involved with each other as a family. And then <laughs> yeah. she just goes off wandering outside. She goes out wandering, talking to strange men, walking out onto roads, playing with this now feral cat. Yeah, these are terrible parents, and like, they really are. Like, but then you find uh, out that the mum is extremely damaged, and the situation she was put in by her parents as a child, was to be the only one in the house caring for her disabled sister who had a twisted spine. And yeah, so In fact, she was all kind of twisted. It was like a spine, but the rest of her body was twisted. So she sister, was bedridden. Her sister Zelda, played by Alyssa Brooke. Now, yeah, I mean, freaky little performance that she puts on there, you know, like falling into the, it is the freaking, dumb lady yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But then they go. she just goes and stays with those same parents that left her that were neglectful to her as a kid. <laughs> there's so much, there's bad parenting there's throughout this whole movie. It doesn't make I mean, they establish this backstory, and I know they're trying to flesh out this character of the mother I'm talking about, um, of Amy, but I kind of feel like it doesn't go anywhere. Like, I mean, you could remove that whole backstory, and I'm not I'm all for, you know, giving a character I think the something. movie is better for it, though, by having her with a sister, and because otherwise we're just going to be getting the dad Lewis is being tortured. And then I'm often not a fan of it in a horror movie where you'll have a member of the family and they're the only one going through it. And the struggling, I think it's more interesting, like what happens in here, where it's the whole family are experiencing it. Like she's not just but, thinking, oh, he's being weird. Like she's also seeing things. But what happens is that the daughter dies. Awful. And they remove the mum from the picture. They, they, like you said, they ship her off to they do. go stay with... Um, with her, with the grandparents, her parents. And he's making bad choices as a dad, but I do, when he's saying that, I wasn't ready to say goodbye, I want some more time with her. So you know that he's not thinking rational. I mean, that's the only time where it is sort of, okay, there's a reason why he's being irrational. And I get that. It's just every other decision before then is is just dumb. And I was like, I just don't get it. And especially once he realises what is happening. Like, he's a doctor. Like, he's a professional person in the professional world. He... He knows the cat was dead. Whether or not he's telling himself, maybe it wasn't, but he buried that shit. And he came back, and now it's feral. And he's still like, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to brush it and try and get the goo out of its head. Oh, man, it's crazy. I did like the line when Rachel, after Mr. Church comes back, and she just makes the off remark, it's a good job that you're a doctor and not a vet. Because <laughs> <laughs> you screwed up. The cat's very much okay. Yeah. Apart from you're right, looking absolutely feral. <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's a nasty cat. It's not, it is. It's not just, you know, it looks nasty. Like, it really is. It's, oh, it's so dumb. Um, so you get Gage, the little boy. He's about two, three. He's really feel for that kid. And not just the final moments of the movie. Like, in the movie, just feel for him as well. The scene where Mr. Church... The cat. <laughs> <laughs> the cat. Let's go with that. Where the cat is... In his cot with him, he's bloody terrifying. I mean, yeah, and I'm saying this is not a scary movie. It's not like I mean, like jump. No, I mean horror scares. Like you said, it's just freaky visuals. The circumstances as a parent is quite scary. So I guess you know, is it a scary movie? You know, if I'm like, if I'm like affected by what's happening, I guess maybe it is a scary movie, but on a different level to say watching a Nightmare on Elm Street. But I think again, like in that, like so that situation, yes, is. A scary, scary situation. Yeah, you don't want to, but it's the it's the it's the things that led up to it. Where because I don't buy that, I just don't buy the situation actually happening. It's like you wouldn't have gotten to that point. Yeah, it just it frustrated me. I just what happened is that I clocked out about thirty minutes into the movie. So <laughs> the rest of the film, I was just like, nah, nah. 
Um, but uh, Gage is played by two um, uh, by by twins, Hugo and Lucas uh, Laveau. They usually do come in pairs, twins. Um, in the book, he and I think in that original movie as well, he's the one that dies, and they bring him back in. So you get this little two-year-old running around all like zombified. So they made that conscious switch, I guess, of the characters. But I guess to make it a girl and to age you up. Well. I guess you can do a little bit more with an older kid, you know, like with a dialogue, with a stabby stabbiness it's a little to you well it's going to look more like child's play little (laughs) little legs running and (laughs) holding a big knife I guess when when Ellie does come back obviously zombie fight and stuff that's when the movie did sort of become more fun for me I was like oh you know we're getting what stuff is happening she comes back as a zombie girl and he finds her and Lewis is like he's cleaning her up and he's relentless with that brush (laughs) he's like (laughs) brushing her he's like yanking it and clumps of hair are coming out I'm like steady but then he sees that he's actually catching the staples in the back of her head. Yeah. Freaky stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Um So that scene when the kids are obviously, you know, or when 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 Gage is running towards the road, were you thinking obviously you'd seen you'd seen that first movie, were you thinking, oh, this is the moment he gets hit by the truck or Oh no, I'd seen the trailer. Oh always knew that it was the little girl. So I don't oh, I did I not know, know that was in the trailer. <laughs> in the trailer. I didn't watch them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because That's... in the trailer, there's the scene where Lewis says, hug your daughter. That's in the trailer. Oh. So we know. So maybe when they were making the movie, they intended for you to think it was still going to be the young boy. And then the guys that were putting the trailers together thought, screw you, we're going to show all the best bits. Mm. So they did reveal it in the trailer. See, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was... I hadn't seen that first movie. I didn't know if it was the boy or the girl. Always knew it was the I knew it was going to be one of the kids. And yeah, I didn't recall that from the trailers. So the misdirection didn't work on me but at all. But when that scene was unfolding and, you know, Gage was running towards the road and obviously the Ellie is, you know, hiding behind the bushes there. In my mind, though, I was like, nah, they're baiting us. I reckon it's going to be the girl. I don't know how. I just, it just happened. And then I think that all played out really bad. She runs out onto the road because the cat... But then it's sort of like you see how it should have happened. You know how before we had the trucks just sort of speeding past yeah. loud? or It just played out so slow. You see the, the truck did, in yeah, the distance and, he, and, and it's like... to turn and... And, it's like, oh. and then, yeah, it flips and really over. Like, for you, a horror you know when you movie, see the just... You see the open casket? Oh, no, so not, when he goes to dig her up and she's laid down, she's looking all peaceful underground. Yeah. She would not look like that. I don't care how talented they are at fixing up the body after the fact. The impact... And the, when she was knocked oh, off the road, she would be a splat. Yeah. She would not that look the, the way that, the way that they framed that and had that tanker thing fly into her, I mean, it, there wouldn't have been a body, really. Like she it wouldn't. Have, it would have been, been a mangled. Mess. It would have been... But then there's nothing to come back. But by modernising <laughs> it, because we had the 89 movie and now we are in the present day, of course the driver was on his phone. Let's oh, make. Of course, let's yeah. modernise it. <laughs> but as that plays out, it's like, <laughs> like when... When Lewis goes and you know, to her body, and it's like oh, you can't really see, it, but it's like oh, she looks okay, like dead, but you know her body looks fine. There's barely any blood there. And then it sort of pan- camera pans out, and you just see like sort of like just a like, small impact bit of, of blood on like a bar, like a you know, like the ladder on. The- and I was just like, nah, that that took her out. Like she, this is not a hard R uh, horror film. Is I it? mean, <laughs> when that that tanker is flipping, it's. I mean, it becomes an action movie for uh, that very little thing, and it didn't doesn't look good. Uh, nothing good to say about. Not only would you live that close to the road, you definitely wouldn't host a party there, <laughs> a kid's <laughs> birthday party. 
Put a fence up. Yes. I mean, come on. Fence. Get a gate or something. <laughs> or tell your kids, road bad. But that's where all the guilt comes <laughs> from with Lewis because he's the one that brings the cat back. Yeah. And the cat is the reason for Ellie being on the road in the first place. Yeah. So he's carrying a lot of guilt. So you're right, he is a very bland person. <laughs> but he, the, the guilt is real that he's carrying for him. So I do believe him when he tries to bring his daughter back. What's with... Um... I mentioned Victor. Um, opposite, I mean, so that's that kid that you know at the school, at the school, whatever. Is it a school that he's working at? Or is it like a college? Maybe maybe a university or college yeah, campus. There's some sort of medical facility thing there. So he yeah. comes in, his brains are sort of coming out of his head. Yeah, so it's pretty horrific, and and he dies, and he, but then he becomes really integral to the film because. You know, the little kids seeing him and he keeps appearing to Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he, he is, he's popping up and, but I'm, I've, I, again, it's sort of like the, like the flashbacks for the, for the mum. I'm like, what's really the point? Again, the flashbacks work with the sister, but this is a part that, is he, he doesn't really do anything. Like he's saying, you know, he's, he's, he's giving warnings and he keeps popping up, but Why? When we first see Judd, he meets Ellie and she's climbing up on that big barrier to where the pet cemetery is. Yeah. So in that moment, and she breaks a branch, is she breaking the barrier? And if not for her breaking that barrier, the movie doesn't happen. And because of her breaking that barrier, Victor is trying to warn the dad and the family because something's being let out. And I never. Like, or is it more? Is it more breaking the barrier? Is literally crossing that. But pet cemetery she, to the beyond pet cemetery part. But there is a pet cemetery, and like, oh, the marketing, the posters of the kids with the masks and the drum, freaky. Five minutes screen time doesn't do anything. Very disappointing. And also, mask later on. using my source of reference, the wife, she says, "Not in the book." Right. There okay. are no so kids. Visually, there are no it was masks. interesting. But the pet cemetery, it's just somewhere where you bury your pets. Full stop. It's the pet cemetery is just yeah, that's a all the pet cemetery. You just go there, you bury your pets, and that's all it is. Mm. But then there's that barrier, and then the people that used to live there generations ago that moved camps and they put up the barrier because there's evil spirits. So I took away that Ellie climbing up there. She somehow damaged that barrier. No, okay. and that's when, I didn't take that from her. And but... that's when Victor, because Victor appears after that, doesn't he? He doesn't appear before. Um, I would say so, yeah, because... Because otherwise... Lewis like, hadn't gone to work hasn't yet, even, I don't think. The cat's not even been buried yet. Yeah, yeah. So there's no supernatural elements at all. And before the cat's buried, things are starting to happen because Victor is warning that something's going to happen. I thought it helps. But then there's supernatural <laughs> in this. It's like the no matter the dead person, the all-knowing of other memories of other dead people, or whether it's all just like lies and manipulation, but they're talking about other people. It's like, de- then, or it's like some sort of demon comes back in their body. Yeah, and, the and then sort of thing. you've got Ellie who appears as Judd's dead wife. And they have that whole thing and he's been freaked out. And then so it's almost like, I don't know, it's like there's more going on than I think we're told. What we're saying. Which is kind of frustrating because like the first half of the movie is very heavy on exposition and making sure that the audience really understands what is like what the rules are of the of the pet or the beyond part of the pet cemetery, which is annoying as well because it's not actually the pet cemetery, it's the part behind it. But they like they spend so much time just a lot of dialogue, a lot of just explaining without showing, which irks me. 
But then we're still not really getting definitive answers on things like Victor, things like Judd's wife, things like, yeah, what is actually happening when, you know, the characters come back and there's no there's no revelation later on of, of like, when, when characters come back to life, what actually is happening? Is it a possession? Is it a demonic thing? Are they just zombies? What is it? But they spend so much time basically explaining if you bury it, it'll come back to life. Yeah. And that's really all they needed to say or show you. It would have taken seconds, minutes. You know, before It Chapter One, we've had many Stephen King yes. theatrical movies, TV some movies. Some good, some, some terrible. Good, some terrible, <laughs> some really terrible. But I felt as though with Chapter One, that It movie, Stephen King has arrived on the big screen. That's it. We're going to get some quality uh, stuff. It's a horror I was just going to say masterpiece. Like it is a phenomenal mm. horror movie. Like it is so good. I thought that's it. Stephen King has arrived on the big screen. This is the Stephen then, King buff. We get a Stephen yes. King movie. It's going to be on the level of it. And then we announced to... Pet Cemetery. I'm oh, like, yes, ooh. I'm all in. I know we're not doing the rating yet, but this, <laughs> this movie is not following the standard oh. set by that first It movie. The the special effects. I mean, I already mentioned the tanker, but they, if we're talking the actual, not the pet cemetery, but the bit beyond it, beyond that barrier, it looked like garbage. I, did, well, I, I don't know. I, no, I, I quite like the effects. I, I like looked them. like it looked like a like a digitally made backdrop. The it looked very like practical, but like cheap practical. Oh, it just looked more... like a set. Okay. They stood there when they're about to bury the cat, and it's just like. This is a sick... Okay, the burial ground, but I think the people, like, you know, with Victor and Zelda, I think the design there was really good, and I thought you could see that... that oh, was, yeah, yeah. Like, ...makeup and effects, and I thought that works really no, well. No, that was good. It's, yeah, just... But you're right, you just you didn't like... I mean, and that yeah. should have been the money shot. Going into the, you know, the burial ground, that should have been the wow. And it was just, oh, not wow, oh. So I didn't... Yeah, it didn't just wasn't keen. Um, the soundtrack. There was a soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. Now this might have just been my my theater. Um, it was after the cat was buried. It was once the cat came back, and this is why I thought it was an element of the movie, but I'm not sure if it was. But there was like a heavy, constant bass, almost like a heartbeat. Was that in your movie? We went to different cinemas. <laughs> we did. But Not maybe that actually. was actually we went to the same cinema, the same screening, just different times. Oh, so, you, okay. so I probably would have experienced that, but I don't really. All I remember from the sound, it's the kids with the drums in the woods. Right. I don't remember. I, th- I think it was pretty much generic horror. Yeah, I think the main part, the main time you do hear, I think, um, probably of, of I guess like a title credit is during the titles when at the beginning of the movie, and it, but it kind of just feels like a. Like an old, like TV movie from, like the eighties, maybe early nineties. Kind of, yeah. Even the even the the, the font they use for the te- I was like, it's very cheap. <laughs> Before watching this movie, I did think the last horror movie that we watched for the podcast was Us, <laughs> which obviously set the bar very very high. And I was aware is that, of that going is that in. what's happened? I I thought <laughs> that going in, but it, the movie is still the movie. It is not like, yeah. And this is Christopher Young um, doing the soundtrack, and he's he's known for a lot of like horror pieces. Um, I recognise the name, but I don't know. He what did. Else he's he, done. he took over for Danny Elfman for Spider Man Three. 
Oh right. So we did okay. like the symbiote, so like venom, elements and stuff, yeah. and salmon, and yeah. Okay, I think that's probably the exhaustion of this movie. We can um, throw out there. Let's do our rating. It's a hard one because I did say that I found the events of this movie really challenging. So it's hard to enjoy a movie on that level. I just, but even looking at it objectively, I think that eighty nine movie did it better. It's just a better movie. Maybe there's some better performances, like a better class of actor in this movie, but that first movie just did it better. And yeah, this movie, it's just, it's a two out of five for me, which is quite low and, and disappointing because on the back of it, I was looking forward to this movie, but it just did not do a lot for me at all. So it's a two out of five. I didn't know how low I was going to go. Um, yeah, like I said, I, it was about half an hour in and I was like, I, I, I pretty much, I checked out and I kept trying to find good stuff in it and it was very difficult. I was like, this is just not good. Pete characters were doing things and saying things and I was just shrugging going, why? I don't... I, I just, yeah, I didn't know how... Uh, other people have been giving this movie good reviews and this wasn't working for me at all. Um, I did not have a good time, but... I think I'll come in at a, at a two as well. That's what I was going for. So surprised we ended up on the same mark here, but two yeah, out of five. And, and like yourself, I think it's talking about it has affected my score, if I'm honest. It's actually brought it down. But two is where, where it's like. The movie could have explored, you know, the characters could have been having dialogues of, you know, the ethics of what they were doing, you know, the moral dilemma. They really could have made a smart movie, but they really just, they dumbed it down for, for the audience for some reason and... There's just things that just don't go anywhere. They don't do anything with. And... You know, I often don't think this, but I generally think this movie could have been maybe five, ten minutes longer. Wow. To, but to <laughs> just flesh to out give... some of the things that you're talking about, because it yeah. feels like there's bits missing. Yeah. But almost like edits have been made. They should have. And people are reacting to a scene that no longer exists in the movie. It just feels oh, jarring reckon, at yeah. times. They should have established the Judd and Lewis relationship more, so then when the cat did die... Um, you know, Judd's advice to, to Lewis would have actually meant something and he could have been like, okay, I, I trust you because, you know, we're, we're close now, we're friends. That's not in the movie, you know, like, and then when the cat comes back, apparently the dog, Judd's dog isn't, like, in the book anyway, like, it actually worked. Came back and it was, it was all good. That's why, more reason why, oh, oh let's, okay. let's that, that yeah, makes cool, sense. cool. And then when it comes time to doing it with, with people, apparently in the book as well, um, it's sort of a 50-50. Oh, so sometimes like, it so, works, sometimes so it doesn't. See, that, I guess that, the rules yeah. in the book are more like, you know, it can be good, it can be bad. It, it, you take a chance. Where in the movie, it's sort of like... They come back. It's bad anyway. Yeah, they either come way, back, but not all of them it'll, comes back. It'll always be bad. So let's do it. And it doesn't make sense that they would they would sort of do it with that rule of stuff. Oh, I don't know. You know, John Lithgow as Judd Crandall. The best performance for me in the movie. I generally <laughs> bought him as that creepy guy across the way that wanted yeah, to do when the right it was thing. established like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was working for me. And even, like, I don't know if it's the actor or the character, but you can tell that he was a smoker and he had, like, the you know the brown lip and the white beard. Maybe it was. That attention Maybe to that detail. is just John Lithgow. Maybe it's just the actor. <laughs> but if not, if it was a character choice, it really added to I that. do. I did like how the cow is named after Winston Churchill 
and Ellie says to John Lithgow, yeah, 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 it's good, like, yeah. oh, do you know Winston Churchill? And he's like, I do. You must be really old. <laughs> but he played Winston Churchill in uh, The Crown. Oh, right. Yeah, so well, there a bit of a... I don't think Ellie knew that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's just calling him old. Oh, that actor. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you on The Crown. Mm. Um, got a bit of trivia for you. Um, there's a few references to other Stephen King works in this movie. Um, during the birthday party scene, John Lithgow's Judd Crandall shares an inappropriate grim story about a big old Saint Bernard that went rabid and killed a few people. Oh, Cujo. Um, yeah, so that's obviously a reference to Cujo. He's sort of in the in the background telling the story, so you just overhear it. Um, later in the movie, um, Rachel is trying to race back home to Ludlow, and that's where you do see... Um, the, the sign that says Dairy Main and the, the distance to it. Um, it's the setting of It, Insomnia, Bag of Bones, Dreamcatcher, and 112263. Um, and with Ludlow, actually, it's actually the setting for the dark half. Um, and according to King Law, Ludlow is about an hour's drive from the fictional main town Castle Rock, which you know is a setting for quite a few Stephen King works, including The Dead Zone, Cujo, and Needful Things. Um, and finally, this wasn't actually in the movie, but co-director Kevin Kolsch has stated that the movie almost featured a big reference to The Shining. At some point, audiences would have been treated to a sign that read D. Torrance Realty. Ah, oh, that so would be cool. So Danny Torrance was almost a real estate agent would... in this uh, Pet cemetery universe. But least. you mentioned Castle Rock. Like we've got that on TV, which is a shared mm. Stephen King universe, but obviously these movies aren't doing that. So you've got it yes, its that's own it. thing. Yeah. This movie is its own thing, and then the sequel to The Shining is very much going to be its own thing as well. The yes. one with Ewan McGregor playing. Uh, what's that one called? That's Do- is it Doctor Doctor Sleep? Yes, yes. That's it. All standalone. Although so that these, is an official sequel. So not a shared universe in this like in these movies, but Easter eggs to Stephen King works and elements. So the nods always are fun. Yeah, yeah nods always fun. And that's it for our review of Pet Cemetery. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film's New Podcast. And we also have our sister shows, Rewind in Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. Be sure to also check out our new website, thatfilmsnewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Shazam!, Sounds Like Comics have an episode looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that original movie from 1990, and Rewind and Review are covering Hellboy from 2004. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film shoot. See you soon. <laughs>